Morning Crossroads. I'm your host, Stephen Kilfoyle. We want to welcome to the show today from Little Elm Fire Department, firefighter Blake Hudkin, Hudgens. There right? we go. Oh, Got right. It. Yes. I want to thank you, Blake, for coming on the show today. We first met you at this year's Little Elm Fire Department Citizens Fire Academy. Would you tell us a little about yourself and what you do as a firefighter with Little Elm Fire Department? Sure. Um, so I have been with Little Elm for, I think it's been about 14, almost 15 months. Um, they're, they've been just the most wonderful place. Um, I love it at, without question. Um, before that, I worked in the hospital for about 10 years. Um, moved here, grew up in Texas, moved to Hawaii for three years, and then moved back and then started this career. And it's been, man, I haven't looked back. It's been great. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I know recently you've taken some training classes because we were we had to reschedule this for today. Um, by the way, how did you do on the test? Do you good, know? Good, I got a hundred. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. So you just went through these classes and this testing. So what was the certification for, and 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 how did you go about it, and how did how did it transpire? Um, so to start, you so there's um, there's civil service departments and there's non civil service, and so there's different requirements for each. So Little Elm is non-civil service. And so what that means is you basically have to go to the fire academy, which there's a bunch of them in the Metroplex and you kind of pick which one you want to go to and you apply and you get in. Um, They have different time periods, summer, four months, summer, a year and a half, like for high school kids, they offer those. Um, Some are night classes, some are during the day. So mine was during the day in DeSoto and it lasted from July to I think the end of October. Um, And then I already had my EMT which is a requirement for Little Elm. So you have to have the two of those. Um, it used to be you had to have your firefighter and your paramedic, but they found, a lot of cities found it was hard to find paramedics. We have kind of a shortage of them right now. And so a lot of departments have changed the hiring requirements to firefighter EMT with the conditional understanding that when the chief says, hey, you're going to paramedic school, then you go. And so I started that two weeks ago. So when I had to reschedule with you, um, we had just started and we had a very first test coming up and I was just panicked. Um, but so, you passed with flying. Yeah, colors. it went great. It went great. Um, yay! Yeah. Um, so that's what our department kind of requires. And so we're in our first two weeks of that, um, which is awesome and scary. But you basically don't go to work for the whole like eight months that you're in paramedic school. You just you're paid to be a student, basically. And it kind of ups the the odds of you passing and doing well to just focus on school because it's a job requirement. You know, you have to get through paramedic school or 
or then you got to go work somewhere else. So it's kind of a kind of important to focus. So, so that's where we're at now. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, in, in your day-to-day -day operations, could you share with us some of the challenges you face as a firefighter? Um, I mean, coming from like the female perspective, my, my day-to-day -day challenges are probably different than a lot of the guys that work there. Um, you know, being a firefighter, everything is extremely heavy and it's hot and it's stressful and you don't get good sleep generally. Even, even if you don't get a call in the night, you still are kind of waiting for a call. And so it takes a number of years to get to where you can get like a good sleep cycle. Um, so day to day, just between our training, cause we, we generally do, um, like a fire training one of the two days. And then we do EMS training on the second day cause we work a 4896. Um, and so fire training on a day to day is going to be, you know, pulling hoses to make sure that like, if we go to a fire, we know the right way to pull a hose so that there's no kinks and you're set up at the door and, um, you know, houses are laid out differently as far as they could be set far back. So you need to pull a different length of hose to, to get into the house and have enough to fight the fire. Um, we also do things like, um, victim removal. So if we find someone in a house, we know how to get them out quickly and what, what good ways to drag them out and in a way that, um, we can get them out safely and quickly without hurting ourselves is another one, you know, so good form when doing that and different body weights they may have, they have, um, clothes that you can grab and pull them out by, or if they just gotten out of the shower and there was a fire, like you need to be able to do these different kinds of things, different techniques. Um, we also work on things like down firefighters, which is, you know, all of our nightmare when that could occur. Um, so we practice ways to, to change the buckling on their, um, on their air packs to where we can drag them easily upstairs, downstairs, through a window. Um, so we basically practice all that stuff so that when the moment comes that we have a fire and these situations occur, my captain kind of always says, you don't rise to the occasion, you rise to your level of training. And so we train for all these scenarios that they can come up with so that when that moment comes, you're like, oh, okay, I remember this from that day that we trained it. This is what I'm going to do. Um, when your heart rate's high and you're kind of panicking, you can kind of fall back on your training. And so it's really important. And we're really lucky that we get to do a lot of training in Little Elm to make sure that we're ready for those, those kinds of situations. That's great. Uh, I'm going to ask an off the script question. Sure. So you could give you a chance to reiterate and talk a little bit more about what's the difference between uh, say Little Elm fire department and say the Dallas fire department. Sure, you yeah. said one is a, um, the civil service, civil service non and, and you're non-civil. Um, so would you tell our listeners a little bit about the differences of that? Absolutely. And how it applies to you guys. So there's one big thing about civil service, and that's the the hiring process. Um, they basically have a list of of guidelines they have to follow in their hiring practice, whereas like their their PAT has to be their physical agility test to get hired is the same every time for every group that comes through, every person. So that it kind of um, it keeps a, a strict structure to make sure that everyone gets seen, everyone's judged fairly, their interview questions are exactly the same, their process is exactly the same every time. Whereas with non-civil service, it gives us a little bit of wiggle room to kind of change and choose our own physical agility test, choose our own length of the um, interview process, which ours is ours is like two and a half hours, which is is compared to everyone in my fire school, they were mind blown when I told them how long it was, but it, it gives our department a chance to really find out your personality to see if you'll fit with this family because you become a family when you start working together in these long hours and these you know stressful situations. So they want to make sure that you're going to fit with everybody so that it's more cohesive. 
Um, so that's a big difference between civil service and, and non-civil service. Um, but there's other differences between, you know, a small city and a big city. Like our, uh, when I was in fire school, I was in the interview part of the hiring process with Dallas and Little Elm concurrently. And the big reason that I chose Little Elm over Dallas and ended up withdrawing from Dallas's application process was because I wanted to be, I wanted to be a face that my chief knew. I didn't want to be a badge number that like, that's how they referred to me or, or knew who I was um, in situations. I wanted to have this rapport with the people above us because, you know, they're making all of the decisions that affect us on a daily basis, um, being cared for by a city. Because when you see someone's face and you know their name, it just changes the way that you're treated. Um, and that's just human nature. You know, like when you know somebody, it's going to change the decisions that you make that affect them. So working for a small city, not only do they know you and city council, um, but you're a face they recognize and there's just something, there's something irreplaceable about that. It's just special. So that was, that's the big difference between a small city, I think, and a big city. Yeah. And I'll add one more thing to that. This Citizens Fire Academy, I encourage everybody to enroll in it. Definitely. And I'm going to give you an opportunity later on to, to go to tell everybody how to, how they can do exactly just that. Um, I'm looking so forward to uh, the other offerings that they were telling us about in the class. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I think it's a, so does Little Elm Fire Department have a program where you visit the local schools and teach about fire safety at home? And have you ever had a chance to participate in one? So we have kind of two different things. We have one thing where the schools will kind of just set up um, like a show and tell and we'll come with an engine and um, an ambulance or a truck and an ambulance or all three. And then PHI, which is the helicopter service for care flighting patients places. Um, they'll come and the kids get to kind of funnel out and like walk through our vehicles and talk to us and ask us questions. And so there's not as much fire safety per se, like it, conversations occur where we talk about fire safety, but more of it comes from, we, we do this thing and I can't remember the exact name, but it's basically a clown group. Um, and my chief's actually part of it also. Um, and they get to go to the schools and talk to them and they put on like a clown show. So like they kind of, it's more disarming to see them in like the clown makeup and the outfits and it makes it more fun. And the kids, like their attentions can stay up with, with what's going on. Um, they actually just went to Vegas and did the clown college. So oh, fire, wow. yeah. So firefighters from all over the country go and it's this big conference and they learn basically the best ways to kind of talk to kids and teach them how important fire safety and stuff is. Um, but one thing I really like about the school or when they come and do their um, walkthroughs at the department is they usually have us put all of our gear on, including our masks, because when you put all that on, it's a little scary to like kids, to younger kids. Um, so if they see us in a fire, you know, we look like astronauts or aliens to them. And so I put it all on and I get down on my knees and I'm usually like, hey, like touch everything that I'm wearing. And if you see this ever, just know I'm there to help you. So don't be scared and don't run come to me because I'm a firefighter and I'm here to help you. And so it helps them to see more than what they see on TV, which is just like our big bunker gear to actually see us with the masks on um, makes a huge difference because it can be a little scary to little kids. And so I love doing, I love putting all my gear on and letting them see it. Well, it can be a little scary for the big kids too. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, tell me, the traffic in Crossroads here, as you know, is very challenging with all the construction going on. Could you tell our listeners how Little Elm Fire Department is dealing with that, especially with regards to uh, response times? 
Um, so that's a very valid concern to have with all the construction, of course. Um, so generally when construction's going on, we have, so we have our email at work and we're supposed to check it every day, especially on shift multiple times a day. Um, and our, our city sends emails to us that tell us, Hey, this is the construction that's going on. They tell us ahead of time. This is where it is, the times it'll be going on um, so that we know, Hey, this road is closed and your captain and your driver are generally very, very good about keeping up with all of those things because, you know, one of our number one things in being a firefighter is getting to you guys as quickly as possible because we have this phrase that seconds turn into minutes. And that could be the difference between saving your loved one, whether it's a fire or um, an, an EMS call. It could be the difference between saving your life and, and not being able to. And so we keep up with those road closures um, because we know y'all's lives depend on it. So it's, it's, it's something we don't miss. Man, that's great. Uh, I mean, the last session we had uh, actually covered over that. They took us outside. They showed us the drones and and mm -hmm. the uh, huge. Uh, that looked like a Winnebago. The big white bus. Yeah, the yeah. big white bus. That thing's cool. You'll see it at like Little Elm Park during the summer, and it's got the big cameras up top. Yeah, it's pretty oh, neat. Wow, mm -hmm. I, I was really surprised. Yeah, but also the other thing is we emphasize knowing your districts. So you know, Little Elm has three to three uh, stations right now we're building a fourth so when that's your district we do a lot of map and um we do um what's the term that we use uh shoot uh, just knowing your your district basically um mm -hmm. it's familiarity familiarity of it um and so we'll just drive around if we look for our training on a day that we've been really busy and we have an hour um, we'll go out and we'll, all of us will just go drive the city and then we'll come back and we'll draw up the map and not label it. And then we'll sit at the table and our driver will be like, Hey, what city, what street is this? Hey, what street is that? If that street's closed, what street can you take that also connects to the street? And so district familiarity, yeah, I guess what it is. Um, and so we do that a lot too, regardless of the road closures, but it's just in case that day happens or there's a big party or a wreck and we can't get there, there's always another route to get there and we make sure that we know how to do that. And so it's kind of a team effort. Yeah. I, I remember when I was 18 and I first moved to Dallas, one of the things that I did was I bought two large uh, paper maps, <laughs> Rand mm -hmm. McNally's, and I pinned them up on the wall in my apartment. And every weekend I would drive and I would mark where I had gone and I just started putting mm -hmm. little, landmarks yep. so that I could familiarize. So it's the same thing we do. I was from a real small town. We had mm -hmm. 12 whole streets down our main street mm -hmm. and a lot of stoplights. And that was about it. You Not knew that much. like the back of your hand. I know, oh yeah. I could <laughs> drive it blindfold. Mm -hmm. I got to the Metroplex. I was blown away. Yeah. So I had our, to really learn it. <laughs> our captains and drivers are, are like that. They, they know their districts like the back of their hand. And, and then on top of that, you need to know the other districts because we get called if if you know medic two I'm at I'm at station one so if if engine two and and medic two are all on a call and we get called to their district we need to know their streets also so knowing the streets in the whole city it it can be a lot um, and and maps help a little bit on your phone and stuff but you know technology fails we've found that oh, out yeah. time and time again and so knowing your district which I am still working on um, I'm not the the poster child for knowing districts but luckily i'm i'm riding in the back and so i'm i i don't necessarily need to know like the back of my hand yet but 
that day is coming. You're working on it. That day is coming where yeah. I need to know it like the back of my hand. And so I'm, it's, yeah, it's a lot. Even for a small town like Little Elm, there are a lot of cities or cities, a lot of streets. A lot of streets. So it's, uh-huh. yeah, it can be a lot. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me, um, where on 720 is station number four going to be built? Oh, man. Is it just I wish you'd ask Chief Markov? Russ that one. Um, I honestly don't know what the cross street is. I can point it out if we're driving on it. I can be like, that's the patch oh, of land. Oh, yeah. It's right there. It's yeah. Be. I mean, I think there's uh-huh. going to be a ton of homes going up kind of around it and behind it. Um, I actually couldn't tell you the, the cross street, and I'm sure I'm going to get chastised for that. <laughs> no, that, 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 that's fine. I put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> Uh, I've I've still got. I guess when I go to the class tomorrow, I'll I'll, I'll ask him again. Hey, can someone you pinpoint will pull now, yeah. Because uh, we we're all kind of like wondering. Okay, well, well, we know it's going in on seven twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do you know is it going on the east side, the west side? It's going uh, in on the if you're headed north. It's so it's going on the west side. On the west side. Yeah, of seven twenty. Okay. I know that for sure. All and like right. I said, if we were driving, I could point at the plot of land. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a good idea where it's at, but I just wasn't quite sure. Yeah. So now my next question is, would you recommend that our citizens get more involved with the Little Elm Fire Department in the community by signing up for the Citizens Fire Academy? And how exactly does a person go about doing just that? Um, so the second part, I actually don't know what that process is as far as signing up. Um, I'm sure that I can easily get you an email that you basically probably send it to and then they send you the information. But as far as doing it, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I kind of wish that my parents even would, would get involved in something like that. I'm, I'm from Rockwall and I wish they would do it because even honestly, even as a firefighter, I didn't really know what I was signing up for. Like even going through fire school, that kind of opened those doors a little bit as far as understanding, but um, Citizens Fire Academy really gives you an idea of why we do what we do. Because even before I was a firefighter, I didn't understand why you had to have an engine blocking lanes of traffic on a highway. And then once I get into school, it's like, oh, well, obviously it's protecting us because we do get hit by cars often when oh, we're at yes. wrecks. Um so people get annoyed by that because they're like, gosh, they're causing so much extra traffic. They could have just taken one lane. Why'd they take three? And there's a, there's a method behind the madness with everything that we do, and it's generally because something bad has happened, and then mm-hmm. that got put into place to protect us, which is unfortunate that it's retroactive, but that's the way the world works. Um, so, yeah, I would suggest anybody sign up for it. I mean, not only is it I've, – I've helped be a part of it in the last year. Um, it's fun because everyone's kind of you know laughing and talking, getting to know each other and going through these things, but also you're learning – what it is exactly that we do because there's so much more behind what we do than I think people even realize. And like I said, even when I started, I didn't even realize how many things that we do that they don't talk about because you don't see it on TV. And obviously it's pretty unrealistic on there, but um, yeah, you, you finally get to see, you get to see the weight of the hoses that we use um, once water is in them. Um, You get to see what, how heavy our ladders are. Um, You get to do our PAT test that we had to do to get hired. Um, there's just so many things you get to do that you're like, oh, my gosh, like I had no idea. I thought you guys just grocery shopped and slept at night and, you know, <laughs> occasionally went out there and your gear. You get to put our gear on and feel how hot it is and how heavy everything is. And it's just it's it's a great experience to gain kind of a understanding and a respect for something that you didn't know about, whether it would be because we do also for police. Um, so to, to, to kind of see another world that you aren't familiar with, it's it's always a good thing, you know. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 
And I hadn't, if it hadn't been for this academy, I would have never met you. I know. And now here you are on my I show, know. which is so it much just, It was meant to be. Absolutely. Well, at the firehouse, you told us a little about your work schedule. Uh, would you share with the listeners how your life at the firehouse runs, the hours, your days off, how the firehouse is very much like one big happy family? It is. Um, you know, sometimes happy, sometimes a little less happy when you spend so many hours together, you get on each other's nerves. Um, but we work 48, 96. So that's two days on with four days off. Um, and something unusual about Little Elm is we do a 10 a.m. shift change, whereas most places do a 7 a.m. shift change. And the reason that we did that, it was kind of for a trial year to see um, if there were benefits to, to that side of it, having that later shift change. And, and our chief found that there was a bunch of benefits. Um, things like if we have calls all night, um, you get to sleep in a little bit later before you have to get up and get going for your, to start the day and stuff. Um, and so, you know, of, of the things that are important for the human body, mental health, nutrition, physical health, sleep, sleep is the number one, like most important thing about your day-to-day -day life. It is, if you get rid of all the other things, which you shouldn't, as long as you have good sleep, you are going to stop so many different bad things from occurring in your body, whether it be Alzheimer's or, you know, your hormones. Because in sleep, you you process through your stress hormones, your your muscles can can regenerate. Like, there's just so many things that occur in sleep. Um, so our chief did that to see if there was a great benefit, and there was. Everyone loved it. So, um, so we get there. You always get there an hour early before your shift change. So for us, we get there at 9. Um, some of us get there at 8 so we can work out before shift. Um, so we're not having to do a 5 a.m. kind of thing or 6 a.m. like most departments. And so it's been awesome. Um, but, yeah, it's like a little house. I mean, we have we have our own beds in there. Um, the officers sleep on one in one area and we sleep in another area. We have our own rooms with curtains. Um, we have a kitchen. We have kind of like a media type room with recliners so that we can relax at night and like watch TV or watch football, whatever it is. Uh, we have a gym, which is really cool. Um We've got a computer room for doing charting or whatever kind of stuff we need to do on, online and have a computer in front of us. Um, so we really just, we have everything we need. I mean, it's, it's a home away from home and you have your own lockers for your own food, which is, which is great because that way no one's stealing from you on the other shifts, which is <laughs> always a fun little battle we have with each other. The doors are locked, showers, bathrooms. It's, it's great. We're very, very, right. we're very fortunate in Little Elm to have the facilities <laughs> that we have. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, you heard it. From Little Elm Fire Department, Blake Huggins today. Thank you again for coming on Crossroads Podcast, Blake. And we wish you the best of luck as you and your fellow firefighters and EMTs work hard making Crossroads a safe place to live. For questions and comments, email us at crossroadspodcast2023 at gmail.com. Or if you want to get on the show, call me direct, 469-230-5956. Make sure to check on the town website, www.crossroadstx.org, for local meeting times. Here are some upcoming events to mark on your calendar. April 20th, town council will be meeting at 6 p.m. Uh, Crossroads Meeting Hall, March 30th. The Extravaganza at the Town Park. Tune in next week as we'll have more amazing guests on that show. For local meetings starting tomorrow, or I'm sorry, starting on March 4th, Town Council will meet at 6 p.m. at the Crossroads Police Department meeting room. Tuesday, March 5th, Planning and Zoning will meet at 7 p.m. at the same meeting room. Wednesday, March 6th, 
Parks and Recreation will meet at 6 p.m. at the Crossroads Police Department meeting room. Don't forget to mark your calendars, like I said, for Wednesday, March 13th to Tuesday, March 19th, between the hours of 9 to 3. You want to come out and watch an artist at work? Come out and watch Kevin Roach, who's a chainsaw artist, turn an old dead oak tree into a wonderful memorial of artwork depicting our local woodland creatures. So that'll be at the Crossroads Town Park between March 13th to March 19th between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. So you want to come out and watch that. That's going to be an amazing uh, thing to watch, and it's going to be pretty cool. We'll have the only one of those in the parks in our whole area that I know of. Very cool. So he he's a, a master carver and uh, does it with chainsaw. And I've, I've seen, seen videos of it, and it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so he's going to probably give us an eagle. And oh, some that's going to be awesome. Cute little creatures. We. It was a live oak tree. It was an old one. It had mm-hmm. been been here a long time, and you know that that cold snap just kind of killed it. Yeah. So we're going to turn it into something really make nice. something beautiful out of it. Yeah, Absolutely. I love that. Quick traffic reminder for those traveling on the three eighty corridor at seven twenty Oak Grove Lane. Read your traffic announcement. That's still going to be closed. It uh, doesn't look like traffic's opening up yet. It was supposed to tomorrow, but we'll see. Knock on wood. <laughs> Easter's coming around the corner, so don't forget uh, Saturday, March 30th at the Park and Crossroads between 9 a.m. and 12 p.m., the Extravaganza. Sign up on for your kids on Sign Up Genius. Come to the Parks and Rec meeting for more information on March 6th. For events around the town, the Brass Tap here in Crossroads this week, February 28th, is Music Bingo at 7 p.m. Coming out and have some fun. Thursday, February 29th, 7 p.m. at the Brass Tap here in Crossroads, Trivia Night. Or go up and see my bud Jimerson at the Pilot Point Coffee House. Tuesday, February 27th at 6 p.m., Coffee House Sessions. If you're a musician and you want to get out and jam with some older local musicians, bring your guitar, your fiddle, or whatever you got out there and uh, strike it up with them. I know I plan on being there. As soon as I get the new set of strings put on my 12 string. (laughs) (laughs) Thursday, February 29th, Coffee House Game Night. Go up there, challenge Jimerson to a game of chess. He loves playing chess. (laughs) So until next week, I'll see you at the top. Crossroads Podcast.